So good to see you on a Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to our Bible study. If you're joining us online, welcome to you. Yep, good to have you with us, where, uh, whatever day that you are, are watching. I, I must admit that uh, a couple weeks ago I said something silly, and I said, if you're watching this on Saturday night, get a life. Uh, in a loving, kind, Christian way, I said that. That, uh, yeah, Sunday, Sunday morning, Pastor Mike, I need, I need counseling. Because apparently I don't have a life. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to make fun of you just a little bit. All right, a little bit. Well, let's be a people of prayer. God above, we, we lift our hearts to you today. We lift our minds to you today. We lift our spirits up to you today. For we know that you listen and we know that you care. For those who are traveling, we... We ask for traveling mercies. For those who are sick, we pray for that healing hand. For those who are lonely, we pray that, that someone comes in and, 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 and refreshes their spirit. And for those who read these pages today, whether it's today or later on, on online, we just pray that a word or a phrase touches, touches their hearts in such a way that we become a little bit more like Christ. In your son's name, we have this prayer. Amen. We are only halfway through the Gospel of John. We're in John chapter 12. Uh, but we are starting the, the, the Holy Week. And the Holy Week for us starts um, on Sunday with Palm Sunday. But uh, today's, the first story that we have in this chapter is, is uh, the, the day before um, in Bethany, which is uh, where we're at. We're going we're gonna to take these in, in, in four big chunks. One, two, yeah, four big chunks. Yeah. Uh, so let's do, let's do verses 1 through 11. 1 through 11. That section. Jesus anointed at Bethany. Jesus anointed at Bethany. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took out a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and not believing in him. And believing in him. Six days before the Passover, John gives us a, uh, a, a time marker, if you will telling us that this is the last week before the death and burial of Jesus. About half of John's gospel is devoted to this last week. 
Matthew used about 33% of his gospel for, for the Holy Week. Mark, about 40%. Luke, 25% for these seven days of Jesus' life. Uh, they made him supper. Less than a week before his crucifixion, Jesus attended a dinner in Bethany. Uh, you, you raised from someone from the dead, they are going to feed you. Uh, they have a big celebration, probably to celebrate Lazarus coming back. Um, Martha served. This is Mary and Martha's house. It seemed that this dinner was, I, I, I take that back. It was not at, at their house. It was at a, at a different home. Uh, Matthew and Mark put it at the home of Simon the leper, which would be a horrible name to have. Uh, but that's, that's, that's what he was known by in those Gospels. Uh, but Ma Martha, Lazarus, and Mary were also in attendance. Martha seemed to be the hostess. If you know the story of Mary and Martha, this, this checks out. Martha's the, the busybody, and Mary's the one who sits and listens to Jesus. Do you all know that story? Uh, how, many, how many Marthas are in the house? Any Marthas out here who, who would rather be doing stuff than sitting down chatting? How many Marys are in the house who would rather be sitting down chatting? All right. Well, you need both in your family. Otherwise, nothing's getting done or, or the whole reason to get together doesn't work out either. Uh, Mary anoints the feet of Jesus. There are, there's about six different Marys in the New Testament. We have Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. Mary Magdalene, Mary, this one. We have Mary, the wife of Clopas. We have Mary. There's Marys sprinkled throughout, and sometimes we get them confused because the gospel writers get them confused. Uh, the way this sounds, this is, this is um, Mary of the Mary and Martha story. Uh, in some traditions, this is Mary Magdalene who does it, uh, who, who we call a, uh, the, you know, the prostitute that came, came back, which, again, the Bible never really calls her that. So uh, it was uh, more Catholic tradition in there. Uh, but in this story, it's uh, Mary of Mary and Martha. She took a pound of very costly uh, oil. What did they call it here? Nard. King James, I think, says spike nerd, anointing the feet of Jesus. It's just a remarkable gift uh, in that time and place. It was not unusual to wash the feet of a guest. It was unusual to do it during the meal itself. And uh, very costly oil to do it, uh, to wipe the feet with her hair, using your hair as kind of a, a towel. I have never had anyone do this to me. But then again, I'm not Jesus, so I don't... I can't do it to anyone else because it just doesn't work. So uh, there you go. Uh, usually, when a guest entered a home, you, I think most of you know this, uh, the, the, feets, uh, the guest's feet were washed with water, um, usually by a servant, if, if, if they could afford. The guest's head was anointed with a dab of oil or perfume, and here she uses this precious ointment to, uh, to go after the feet of Jesus. Uh, Mary's gift was also extreme. She used a lot, a pound, a very costly, like a pound is a lot, if you have... If you have uh, cologne or perfume, or, uh, it's um, a ton, uh, well, a pound. So spices and ointments were often used as an investment because they were small, portable, could easily be sold. Uh, Judas believed this oil was worth about 300 denarii. Denarii is a, a, a one day's wages for the common worker. So Mary's gift, it's about, his year, about a year's wages, close to. Uh, she also wiped his feet with her hair, 
So she let down her hair in public, something that a Jewish woman would also rarely do. Um, the hair is always up, prim and proper, never down, unless you're at home by yourself. There's still some cultures out there that do that. Uh, my grandmother did that for the longest time. Uh, I remember I grew up in the 70s. She had a beehive haircut. Y'all remember the beehives? So I always knew her in a beehive. And one, one day I was like seven years old, and uh, she stayed the night at our house because she lived far, far away. She was staying the night. And she came out of her room. It was dark in a nightgown, and her hair was down. And I thought we were being haunted because I, I had no idea who this person was because I had never seen hair, A, down this far. And it was not my grandma because it was not mm, like that. Uh, so for Mary to do this, uh, it, was, it was fairly remarkable. The house was filled with the fragrance of oil. And uh, the sense of smell makes for long-lasting memories. And here's John writing a couple generations later how Mary's essential oils made the whole house smell good. The most powerful sense that we have that elicits memories is smell. Do you all have a smell that when you smell it, it takes you back somewhere? Ether. 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 Why does, why does ether bring back memories? Because <laughs> I was eight years old and having my appendix out, and it was, I, I had this feeling that I was tumbling through like I was dying. <laughs> so, I, I noticed they don't make ether. Yankee Candle does not smell, does not make ether smelling candles. That'd be kind of fun, though. Yeah. A skunk? Did, did, did you have childhood memories of skunks? Yeah. When I smell, even when I walk in here on Sunday mornings, if I smell coffee, I, I think of Grandma's house. Grandma and Grandpa's house always, always had coffee on. Okay. So this is, uh, this is also one of the only places that you see Judas Isca Iscariot mentioned doing something evil other than his betrayal of, of Jesus. And even this is done in secret. Um, again, he didn't care, he didn't care for the, uh, the poor. Here we have an awkward scene. Judas says, we should have saved this money. And I, honestly, some of the disciples agreed, like, this, this is a big part of our treasury, and it's being used, used here. Uh, Luke chapter 8 tells us that generous women provided some of the financial needs of Jesus and his disciples. The money was handled by Jesus, uh, Judas, by Judas. Uh, he must have been trustworthy at some point to be made the treasurer. Uh, Jesus says, leave her alone. This is, uh, she's kept this for, my, for the day of my burial. For the poor you'll have with you always, but me you will not always have. Uh, Jesus stands up for her. Uh, I feel bad for Lazarus in this. Hey, you raised me from the dead. Now everybody wants to kill me. So, so thank you. Thank you for that. The chief priests were mostly Sadducees, and the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. Uh, Lazarus is a living example of life after death. Um, Pastor Mike, is this the last time that Lazarus is mentioned? I believe so. Is there any... Um, myth or stories that have been passed down on what happened to him? I would have to look it up. There might be in Catholic tradition, 
And I say that because Catholics have a tradition for just about everybody. Uh, but I, I, if, if there is, I don't know. And I don't know what happened to Mary or Martha either. Out of curiosity, is it, was it wasteful? Was it wasteful to spend? Would you, would you go out and buy, buy perfume? That, uh, what, would, what would be a one-year salary, do you think? Give me, throw out a number. What's one-year salary for the average working folk? What is it? Uh, I'm looking for a dollar, dollar figure. 40000 <laughs> they'll, they'll make it. <laughs> I think the average household income is 59000 right now, but that's, that's everybody included. So let's go 40000 What can you spend $40,000 on? So car, let's say, uh, let's say you can only use the car once, kind of like the perfume here, I guess. Would it, would it be worth it? One to you. Does Judas have a, yeah, does Judas have a point here? But it's Jesus. Have you ever, have you ever heard of those churches that, that buy their pastor like a, a, a jet to go around the world? Have you ever seen stories like that? Yeah. I got to belong to one of those churches. I don't know. I, I got to find them. I don't know where they are. But, but yeah, it would seem, it would seem very wasteful. Some of the thank you um, commentators say that Jesus had um, rid her of the demons. This Mary, right? Uh, well, they say it's Mary Magdalene. They say it's Mary. It's you know, it's all. There's quite a few Marys, and they yes. so they all get, kind of get mixed together. Yes, but it's like Keith just said too. Um, Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. I'd be pretty grateful if that were my brother as well. He'd be worth it, yeah. Yes, and overcome with the emotion of the time, too. Yep. All right, let's do Palm, uh, not Palm Sunday, let's do, yeah, Palm Sunday. 12 to 19. The next day, the crowd, the great crowd that had come to, for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it was written. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not, did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb was, and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that they, he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Next day, a great multitude came to the feast. This is a large crowd that came for one of the greatest holidays in, in Judaism, uh, Passover. Many of them came from Galilee. When they came, they came with lambs. Jewish law required that 
The Passover lamb lived with the family for at least three days before the sacrifice. Uh, Exodus chapter 12 kind of lays that out. You're supposed to have, those, have the lamb with you for th at least three days before you sacrifice uh, said lamb. Uh, when Jesus came and went into Jerusalem, lambs for the sacrifice would have surrounded him and everybody else. Uh, if you ever see TV shows that do uh, that see, show the Palm Sunday, literally everyone should have a lamb. Like, like the, every family group should have a, a lamb coming in. Uh, there was a Jewish historian, uh, Josephus. He tells us uh, that one year a census was taken of the number of lambs slain for Passover. And the number that, they, that he counted in Jerusalem for this particular uh, year was 256,000. That's a lot of lambs. Uh, with lambs this large, with numbers this large, lambs must literally be driven up to Jerusalem for like for days. Uh, consequently, whenever Jesus, when G when Jesus entered the city, he must have done so surrounded by lambs, himself being the greatest of, of the sacrificial lambs. Took branches of the palm tree. The nice thing about John's Palm Sunday is he has palms. If you read the Gospel of Luke on Palm Sunday, there's no palms. Uh, Luke, Luke has stones uh, where Jesus cries, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees tell Jesus, tell your disciples to be quiet, and Jesus says, uh, if, if I tell them to be quiet, even the stones would cry out. Uh, so I'm happy that we have Palm Sunday because Luke would give us something called Stone Sunday, and I don't, I don't want that. Uh, palm Sunday, I want Palm Sunday, got to have palms. Uh, from the time of the Maccabees, who are the Maccabees, I hear you ask? So between the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, the Greeks came in, took over Jerusalem. They were always being taken over, and the Greeks came in, took them over. Uh, this is the time of Xerxes and, and that, that that we talked about in earlier Bible studies. But the Maccabees was the family that kicked them out. And when they rededicated the temple, uh, they only had enough oil for, for one day, and then they had... Hanukkah comes from that. Uh, but from the time of the Maccabees, uh, palm branches have been used as a national symbol. Uh, palm branches were the sign, the symbol, the crest, if you will, of the Maccabee family. Uh, later on, palms appeared as national symbols on coins struck by, by Judean insurgents against the Romes, Romans. Uh, so palms were, it's a, it's a national thing. Uh, it would be, what, what would be a national thing for us? Let's see. American Eagle, apple pie, baseball. Uh, palm for them, palm branches was, this, this is who we are. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna means save now. And they are hoping that Jesus is coming in to help kick out the Romans. But he doesn't come in on a big stallion, does he? Doesn't come in on a big white horse. What's he come in on? He comes on in on, on a donkey. Zechariah chapter 9. Uh, in a fulfillment of prophecy, here comes, here comes the Messiah riding on a donkey. Very reminiscent of a thousand years before when King David came into Jerusalem as well. Um, the donkey is not normally used by a warlike person. It's an animal of peace, a farming, a priest, a merchant, uh, and that's who Jesus, Jesus comes in as, as a person of peace. Uh, daughter of Zion. Zion is another name for the, for the mountain of Jerusalem. 
or it could be Jerusalem itself. It occurs frequently in the Old Testament, especially in the later prophets. And here are the Pharisees, look, this is getting us nowhere. The whole world has gone after him. And like Caiaphas in the last chapter, their words are eerily prophetic uh, in, the, in the generations yet to come. This uh, John 12, 15, as a kid, was one of my favorites because in the King James, which was all we had back when I was a kid, Jesus was seated on his ass, and I just thought it was, you know, really great that we said ass in church. Yeah. My wife teaches music at an elementary school, and every now and then... Uh, luckily, they can still do, like at the Christmas concert, they could still do Christmas carols every now and then. And uh, the, the one that she always, she, we love the song, What Child Is This? Uh, where ox and ass are feeding. And she's just got to tell them, you don't snicker, don't snicker. Don't. This, it's a donkey, it's a donkey. And they, can, they still can't get through it without, without snickering. There's a, there's a story in the Old Testament about a prophet named Balaam. Balaam had a donkey, and uh, Balaam was riding the donkey, uh, and he was, Balaam was going, he was, he was pulling a Jonah, not going where he's supposed to go, and an angel of the Lord uh, stood, stood in, the, in the path and was going to strike Balaam down. Balaam couldn't see the angel, but for some reason the donkey could, and the donkey swerved to miss the angel, and Balaam beats the donkey. Happens again down the road. The donkey sees the angel about to smite Balaam and swerves, and the Balaam beats the donkey. And the third time this happens, the donkey speaks. I don't have the verbiage here, but the idea is, listen, I am trying to save your life. There's an angel here trying to kill you. Uh, and he's more amazed at the angel than the speaking donkey. Uh, one of these days I want to do a sermon, but I, I'm, I know how I want to end it, but I don't know if I can get away with it here. If God could speak through Balaam's ass, there has to be hope for us. I don't know if I'll do that, but that, that, that's, what, that's what comes through my mind. Okay. Jesus predicts, predicts his death. Let's do 20 through 36. Now there were some Greeks coming among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was not for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. 
Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now it is a time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Now there were certain Greeks among who came to the worship at the feast. We are not told the background of these certain Greeks. They may have been Greek converts to Judaism. They may have been Greek God-fears. Uh, but they were certainly on the outside of, of what you would expect at the Passover. These are, these are foreigners coming in. Uh, but they had great respect for Judaism. Uh, but they didn't convert or become circumcised, which is why they're called Greeks in this. They may have simply been Greek travelers just known for their curiosity. And they, they, they come in asking questions. And they, 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 who do they ask? They go ask which disciple? Philip. Philip's the one with the Greek name out of all the disciples. So they, they look for the one that looks a little bit like them. That sounds a little bit like them, who, could, who is from Bethsaida, where they might speak Greek, which is why John puts that in here. Um, these Greeks have heard of Jesus, perhaps of his reputation as a teacher or a, or a, or a worker of miracles. And what I, what I like, I, I don't know if I like it, but what's interesting, to, what caught my eyes, he never responds to these Greek travelers. We don't, we don't know what happened to him. They go ask Philip, and then Jesus gives us this long Long discourse. We don't know if he goes to go see these the, these Greek travelers or not. Maybe he would. Maybe he would go see him on the other side of the of, of the cross. The hour has come for for uh, all of John so far. We we have heard the hour has not yet come. The hour has not yet come. The hour has not yet come. Guess what? The hour has come, and the hour happened. When not only did the Jewish folk come out to go find him, but now Gentiles are out there trying to find him. I, I really think that they uh, that that John put this in, in this order in such a way, a because it's true, but also because it shows that the hour has come when it's not just Jesus's country uh, people looking for looking for Jesus. We got we got people batting down down the door now from other countries trying to find Jesus. My hour has come. And I I and I and I will rise. Uh, we get the whole unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. I think uh, that that makes sense to all of us. Just as a seed will never become a plant unless it dies and is buried, so the death and burial of Jesus was necessary for his glorification. Uh, before there can be a resurrection, and power and fruitfulness, there has to be, there has to be death. He who loves his life will lose it, and who and he who hates his life in this world will keep it. Jesus was always full of these these um, these sayings: "The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. 
kinds of sayings. Um, our life is precious to us, and so it is one of the greatest gifts that we can give uh, to Christ. To be a Christian is to serve, to follow. It doesn't mean that we're supposed to stop our job or caring for your family or studying at school. It just means that do everything you can as a servant of Jesus. Be a person of peace, be a person of grace, be a person of mercy, be a person of love. Uh, and some, some of us will follow him uh, and, and make that our, our occupation, if you will, our calling. All of you who have Christ as your Savior, uh, that you must be willing to serve him. We're, we're, uh, Spurgeon had a line. I, 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 this will preach. We are not saved by service, but we are saved to serve. Do you have, do you have a place where you serve? Do you have a place where your, where your gifts and talents can be used? Find a place. Uh, how, how'd that old, that old song go, Hide It Under a Bush? Oh, I think some of you know it more. Hide it under a bush. Oh, no, I'm going to let it shine. What I love is uh, God has given you all different gifts so you don't have to serve in the same way. I was in seminary, and uh, I, I came from Nebraska. I went to seminary in Kansas City, three hours away from where I lived. Drove back and forth every week. Um, and it was inner city, Kansas City. And there were people at the seminary who also worked ministry, but they were working with the gangs and with uh, inner city homeless and all that jazz. And uh, I remember one of them pointed their little finger at me and says, you do not do real ministry. You're working with farmers. We're working. We're, we're doing what Jesus wanted us to do. I'll trade you for a week. You go see how easy those farmers are. <laughs> and I'll do inner city stuff. I'm like, uh, why, would we, why would we want to do that? Uh, we're all called to serve in different places. We're all... Some of us are better at numbers. Some of us are better with people skills. Some of us are better with languages. Some of us are better uh, visiting people. If I was in the hospital, I would much rather have Pastor John visit me than me visit me. He didn't he have that didn't he have that great oh visitation kind of presence? Uh, and I might have a gift or grace that he might not. We're all different, and you're different from the people next to you. Find a place to serve. And don't feel guilty about it. Maybe, maybe you're called to cook. God bless you. Maybe you're called to weed the garden. God bless you. Or serve on a committee or whatever. Find a place to serve. And if you don't know, we'll find we'll, we'll find a place for you. Yeah. <laughs> then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. This is the third time that we hear God's voice from the heavens when uh, uh, Jesus is around. Um, the first time came with uh, his baptism. Second time came with the transfiguration, and here we are uh, at at the end. Uh, we get we get his voice one more time. Assurance from God the God the Father. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Judgment from the world. The spirit of this world is judged uh, by the way it treated Jesus at the cross. Uh, the cross not only judged the world, but it also defeated uh, the prince of this world, right? 
uh, Satan in, uh, in the vernacular. I'm lifted up for the earth, double meaning, I'm lifted up into heaven, but also lifted up on a cross, lifted up by rank and honor. Yeah. Uh, the, the phrase that caught me when, when it was being read was all people. When I am lifted up from the earth, I, and I, when lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself, not just the Jewish folk, not just the Gentiles, not just the men, not just the women, not just the Lutherans, not just the Presbyterians, all people to myself. I just think it's interesting, so many times in our Bible study and other teachings, timing is the utmost. Right now we're needing people to serve and volunteer, and this lesson today really kind of strikes home with that. It's just perfect timing. <laughs> All right, let's do verses 37 to the end. Belief and unbelief among the Jews. Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason they could not believe, because, as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet, at the same time, Many, even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Then Jesus cried out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person, for I did not come to judge the world but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Many signs. Um... Throughout his gospel, John told us of many signs that Jesus performed that should cause us to believe in him. Uh, yet still many did not believe, and he takes two quotations from Isaiah, the prophet, and John explains that this was, uh, this was prophesied in, in uh, years past. After centuries of Christian history, during which the church has almost been exclusively made up of Gentiles, 
we have come to accept that it's quite normal that there should be very few Jewish people in it. Uh, but this is not the way it was seemed uh, to the men of the New Testament. Uh, Christianity and Christianity and Judaism were were together. You could be Christian and you could be Jewish. And this this awkwardness lasted about forty years. And then the Romans came. Now some some Gentiles came to believe the disciples. They went everywhere. Uh, the disciples went all the way to India, all the way to England, all the way to Germany, all the way to Ethiopia, all the way to, uh, to Morocco that way, all the way to Turkey, the, everywhere, spreading the good news. And Paul went throughout the Mediterranean. Uh, but during this time, there was also this giant group of Jewish Christians living in the Middle East. When the Romans came, uh, there was a, there was a, uh, a revolt in Jerusalem in the late 60s. Rome does not like revolutions, so they came and they, they, they wiped out Jerusalem and wiped out all the neighboring towns, which meant all the, all the Jewish Christians who were there probably didn't survive either. And so from that point on, you were Jewish or you were Christian, but you were not, not going to be both. Jesus, Jesus emphasized the unity with God the Father. He who sees me uh, sees him who sent sees him who sent me. Uh, I just love the last one of the last lines. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. You want eternal life? Follow Christ. You want to live forever? Listen to his commands. You want, to, you want to see heaven? Have him in your heart. He is the light. That's, uh, that's one of the, fra uh, the common phrases of this chapter and the couple chapters before. Jesus is the light of the world so that no one who believes in me should stay in, in darkness. Uh, the fourth gospel always has this essential paradox. Um, Jesus came in love, yet in coming is a, is a judgment. Uh, in John, there's always an us versus them kind of mentality. Uh, but at the end of the day, Jesus wants all, all to believe uh, and all to be saved. Mm -hmm.